This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My next guest, we're going to break down some of the key games, but there are also some other NFL issues I want to get to with him. I've been good enough to come on my show previously, but it's been a minute since I've had him on, so I'm glad to be able to punch up John Breach, CBS Sports NFL columnist. JB, Jody Mack here. How you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic, Jody. I love talking to you. Thanks for having me, man. It is our pleasure. Thank you. All right, before we get to the key games in week 13, first things first, cbssports.com, power rankings. Is it left to one individual? Is it a group? Do you guys all get a chance to vote? How does CBS come up with their power rankings? Well, Jody, I'm going to tell you it is a one-man show. That one man is Pete Prisco. He does not share the power rankings. He is uh, the the king of power rankings over there. So he right, has he's... final say on all that. Good on good on Pete. And for the most part, I, I like the job that he does because I check him every single week. And shame on me. I should have remembered that it was Prisco. But uh, I, I have just an overall knock about power rankings. I think they have too much power. I think people look at them and analyze them and take too much. This is the be-all, end-all, and there's no knock on Pete Prisco or any other individual. I'm talking about all of the outlets and ESPN and Yahoo and The Ringer and everybody else, that the fans put too much emphasis on, oh, we're, we're being disrespected because we're here in the power rankings or they're in the power rankings. The power rankings don't really mean a heck of a lot other than an educated opinion, right? Yeah, this is in college football where you're staring at the rankings. You're going, how is my team eighth in the rankings when they're fourth in Prisco's power rankings? They should be in the playoff. You know, so the rankings matter more and something like that. This is more of a, you know, I know Prisco personally eats it up on Twitter when, uh, you know, fans come up, Eagles fans, we should be number one. We're 10 and one. We have the best record in the NFL. How are we not number one? Uh, so, you know, he eats that stuff up. But yeah, as you said, ultimately it doesn't mean a lot but it's fun to debate about which team's the best in the NFL. It does, and that's what we do for a living, so I'm not going to kill the golden goose. I'm just going to point out from <laughs> time to time that I don't necessarily agree with somebody else's opinion, but that's why, why we do it. Well, we do. wait, what was your what was your qualm this week? It sounds like oh, yeah, Eagles number one. Okay. I, I don't understand how anyone doesn't have the Eagles number one. 
they've won 10 of their 11 games. It's not like they played. They beat the Vikings. They beat the Cowboys. They beat good teams. Um, they're not playing a soft schedule by any stretch of the imagination. I, yeah, I think they, they how they're not in somebody's number one position does uh, surprise me. And if Prisco had him at number two, shame on him. But uh, we love Prisco just the same. All right, uh, away from the power rankings. The last John Breach article that I wrote NFL may be going to the drastic change of having a draft lottery, as per Sean Payton, who, of course, is doing the broadcast thing this year but may get back into coaching next year, had done years on the competition committee. This is a story that has certainly been under the radar as far as I'm concerned. Is this going to become huge? Uh, they're not going to implement it this year for sure, but how how much do you think this is uh, there is to this uh, potential change in the NFL that Sean Payton is uh, bringing to the table. Well, I think it's interesting to hear it come out of Sean Payton's mouth because, look, he was on the competition committee for four years. He knows what kind of changes that they've been talking about, which ones they've been thinking about, which ones might be implemented. Uh, so I don't think he would bring this up unless uh, you, it had been serious conversations while he was on that committee. Uh, you know, I don't know that it would happen in the next year or two, but it, it certainly would be reasonable to see this happen maybe in the next five years. We've seen every other major sports league uh, jump to a lottery. Obviously, the NBA's had it for a long time. So it, it is reasonable to think that the NFL would eventually make this move. It would cut out tanking, and I think that is the big thing. That, that, that is one reason why I think the NFL would at least consider it. John Breach's opinion, smart, maybe an overreaction. What the hell are they thinking about? How do you view the NFL if they actually implement this change? I want, I would love to see a lottery. Look, there's nothing the NFL loves more than putting things on TV and, and getting huge TV ratings. Well, boom, you put it on uh, the Monday night after the AFC championship game or something like that. Put the lottery on TV, draw the balls live on air, send Roger Goodell out there, make it a whole event. Uh, and so I think it's something the NFL could embrace. I would love to see a lottery, and then you don't have to worry about uh, whether the Dolphins are tanking or, or whether teams are pulling their starters late in the season so that they can lose games and get a better draft pick. So, yeah, I think the lottery system would make sense. All right, I'll play devil's advocate. Uh, a team, uh, team A, team B, team X, call them wherever you want. I'm not going to stick a label on any given team, but uh, they are legitimately awful. And they're sitting there at 1-13 and 13 for good reason because they're just that bad. And maybe they have some bad injuries, and that's the reason why they can't beat absolutely anybody. And they're not trying to lose, but they're just that bad a team. And then they get to the last couple weeks of the season, and they finish up a legit 1-16, and 16, and then the ping pong balls don't go their way. And they don't have a quarterback. And there is none question, number one, top of the draft type quarterback, and then there's a drop-off. And then they're in Never Neverland, that they don't get a chance to call out the name of the quarterback who could actually change their fates and fortunes. There is a downside to a lottery, is there not? Yeah, absolutely there's a downside to a lottery, and that's it. I mean, you have – but how often have we had a legitimately the worst team? I'll put a label on teams this year. I'd say the Texans are the only legitimately bad team. You look at the other three-win teams, you know, the Broncos are tied for the second-worst record – Maybe Russell Wilson fixes things, but, you know, who knows? The Rams are just battling injuries. 
The Bears have a quarterback of the future. They're just – they don't have a good team right now. But it feels like the Texans are the only truly bad team. And, look, you know, that's, that's how a lottery works. You weight it so that the worst team has, say, a 70% chance of getting the number one overall pick. And, uh, you know, maybe you get it, maybe you don't. But I think it's so few and far between that we see one team that is head and shoulders worse than everyone else that that wouldn't be a situation you're worrying about every year. See, now this is a prime example. Uh, thank you for going there. The Texans are the worst team in football, and they have been, they continue to be, and they desperately need a quarterback. If a lottery was implemented this year, as long as they got one of the top two picks, I think they're okay because Young and Stroud, I think, are legit potential franchise quarterbacks. But if they came out number three in the lottery and the Bears and the Broncos move up and have the first two picks, Chances are neither of those two. It, it'll make it interesting in that everyone would be uh, talking about potential trades, and it could benefit the Broncos and the Bears quite nightly. But uh, maybe I'm worrying too much about the Texans. Why am I worried about the Texans getting screwed? The heck with the Texans. I, exactly. The Texans screwed themselves. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All right, since we're on the Texans, Deshaun Watson gets to return to the NFL this week, and he does so in Houston against the Texans. What is that going to be like? How is that going to play out uh, 10 minutes before when the teams are coming out onto the field? Is he going to be unmercifully booed? Has the Houston fan base already given up on this season? How does the return of Deshaun Watson to Houston play? Well, I definitely don't think he's going to hear any cheers. Uh, You know, I'm not sure how hard they're going to boo. I do think there will be boos. But you think about it, this team is one nine and one. They the fans haven't had to put any emotion in the games, whether it's cheering or booing, because this team has been so bad. So this is their Super Bowl. It's just the Super Bowl of booing. I think Watson is going to get uh, an unwarm welcome, uh, and I think that fans in Houston would love to see the Texans beat the Browns. And uh, you know, so and things could even get awkward. You know, people might be trying to sneak signs into the stadium. Uh, so I, I do not think it's going to be a friendly environment for Deshaun Watson. Another staple of what we do is uh, trying to look into the future, which lends itself to hypothetical questions. Luckily, this is a hypothetical question. You don't have to make that choice. I don't have to make that choice. Nobody does. But if it were necessity, you could only watch one game in the NFL this week. Which game are you watching? Uh, it, it is absolutely Bengals Chiefs. And I don't even have to think twice. I think number really. Two- I, look, it's Bengals Chiefs. Two straight games last year that were th- decided by three points went down to the wire. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. That is the game I'm watching. I, and uh, yeah, don't have to think twice. Really? Because for me, it's Dolphins and 49ers. Because I do. We first of all, we know. Bengals Chiefs can't be a Super Bowl preview because they're both in the AFC. Now it could be an AFC Championship game preview again. Two years running. But the 49 and the Dolphins could actually both be in the Super Bowl again. Do you not believe that? Uh, yeah, I mean, they could. They both look good. I, I, They're not, you know, the number one or number two team in the AFC or NFC in my view. So You I don't, don't have think... the 49ers? Who's the second best team in the NFC? Uh, I don't know. I'm just not sure that it's the 49ers. I, I'm not convinced based on what they've done so far. You know, if they beat the Dolphins, I'll start buying all the 49ers stock that is being sold. But I just look, they've played four good teams this year, and they're 2-2 two and two in those games. 
Otherwise, they've beaten up on a bunch of bad teams, which is fine. You know, like you beat the teams that are on your schedule, but you don't know how good a team is until they start beating these other good teams, which, would, you know, they played the Chiefs and lost by three touchdowns. So what am I supposed to I, – I just don't know how the 49ers would do against good teams yet. All right, fair enough. But do you think they are a team that's on the improve, having won the four games? Now, you pointed out the four teams they beat, and the Chargers are a pretty good team, um, but the Rams and the Cardinals and the Saints, not much competition. Do you not uh, see that the 49ers are a team that uh, has gotten better as the season has played itself out, a uh, big part of that being they've gotten more healthy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I put them in the top. I probably have the Eagles and Cowboys both above the 49ers and then like the 49ers and Vikings kind of tied at thir- three is my, if I did my power rankings, uh, quote unquote there, Jody. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The 49ers are good. Kyle Shanahan's real, you know, when he's got all his weapons out there, but again, Debo Samuel's dealing with an injury that takes a weapon off the field. If he doesn't play Sunday. So there's just still a few question marks about them that I want to see answered before I'm ready to say, all right, this team's going to the Super Bowl. Look, they're 4-0 in the NFC West, and they're 3-4 and against everyone else. So they just need to beat – and that's not a great division this year. So just beat some teams outside the NFC West, and I'll start buying into what they're doing. Yeah, see, I'm looking at it as a test for the Dolphins, uh, that they are legit if they can do something against that 49er defense because their offense has been all-world. Do it against San Francisco's defense. Now we're going to really believe it. You say it's a better test for the 49ers. Uh, So that's why I think it is the number one game. Uh, All right, I I certainly agree that the Bengals-Chiefs is going to be great, and they're both on at 4 o'clock. So in the real world, we're going to have to go back and forth between those two games. Early, you got a game between the Eagles and the Titans. Um, They're coming up short of calling it the A.J. Brown Bowl in Philadelphia this week. But key addition to the Eagles draft day trade this past year, A.J. has given him a true, legit number one wide receiver. He's tried to downplay it this week. Do you think the Eagles go out of their way to try and make this an A.J. Brown type game and uh, do the right thing by the guy who's helped take them to another level this season? I, you know, I think AJ Brown would love to score a couple touchdowns and put up huge numbers, but I don't think you're going to see Nick Sirianni go out of his way to help AJ Brown because you know if you're Philadelphia, what you don't want to do is start uh, switching up your game plan to make sure this one guy can get revenge, especially when you're playing a tough team like the Tennessee Titans. It's not like AJ Brown got screwed over; he got shipped off to a very good team. He got a huge contract. Uh, if anything, uh, the Titans should be mad because, hey, we were going to give you close to those numbers. You could have gotten them with us, uh, but you didn't want to stay here. It was you, the, By then, the bridges had been burnt, and he had to go. So it, it just feels like this is a huge game. So, I, yeah, I think that uh, A.J. Brown would like to have a huge game. I think the Titans would also like to beat the Eagles because they have A.J. Brown and because, you know, they want to move up in the AFC playoff race. But I think this is a fascinating game because these teams play very similar football and also, if you look at what the Eagles have struggled with, that loss to the Commanders, just a, a team that played very good defense and could run the ball, and that's basically Tennessee's M.O. It's play good defense, give it to Derrick Henry, uh, and then pray that Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw three interceptions. So I, I think this is probably my favorite 1 o'clock game. Here's the rub for me with the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the legit number two candidate for MVP in the NFL right now behind only Mahomes. Had a phenomenal season. I was a big fan coming into the year, and not even I could have projected that he was going to have the kind of season that he had. Maybe Mrs. Hurts is the only one on the planet who could say her son was going to have as good a first 11 games as he's had. 
But a big part of it is him taking off and running. And it surely was Sunday night against the Packers rushing for 150-plus yards. Are they putting him at risk? Can the Eagles even afford? I know quarterbacks can get hurt in the pocket, but if you're out there trying to make plays with your legs, you're kind of open to taking more hits. Are the Eagles tempting fate by using Jalen Hurts to run the football as much as they do? Yeah, I mean, there's always a risk there when you're sending your quarterback out. I mean, we saw Justin Fields get banged up because he's taking so many hits. But you also, as a quarterback, you have to be smart. You know, you are going to take hits, but you can minimize those. Even if you're you're running on uh, design run calls, you can still run out of bounds. You can still slide. So you just don't want to take these. You don't want a linebacker getting a, a, a square shot on you and just knocking you to the ground and breaking your ribs. Uh, so as long as you're smart, and look, that's such a huge part of the Eagles' offense. It's not like they can just get rid of that because if you tell Jalen Hurts to stop running, then the Eagles' offense isn't going to be as good as it has been through the first 12 weeks. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely a small concern, but I just think they need to be smart about it uh, and keep that element of their offense going because it's been so successful. All right, another uh, hypothetical question. Um, know you watched the game last night. 2023 NFL season. Will the New England Patriots have an actual offensive coordinator rather than a de facto offensive coordinator? And if so, who's it going to be? Uh, that's a tough one because I don't think Belichick really, you know, he's over 70 years old. He doesn't want to bring in a new offensive coordinator and work with someone new. And I feel like that's why he went back to his old buddies, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Uh, because he doesn't have the time to say, this is the Patriot way, and this is how I do things, and this is what we're going to do. So unless Josh McDaniels gets fired by the Raiders, which I don't think is going to happen, you know, I think Belichick would gladly take him back. Maybe he convinced someone like Bill O'Brien to come back, someone he knows well. Uh, But unless it's a a familiar face to Belichick, I have a hard time seeing them make a change. Uh, So I I think Patricia will still be there. Maybe he has a different role and he's not running the offense and Belichick just says, I'm going to do everything. Uh, But unless he finds a familiar guy, I I don't think he's going to make any big wholesale changes. I agree with the interesting take from John Breach from CBSSports.com. All right, we've touched on basically all the teams in the AFC East. The Bills win, impressive, good job out of them. Back to being a legit top-flight contender. Um, Patriots, unfortunately, going backwards. What the hell are they going to do with their offense? Dolphins, I'm more intrigued by the game than you are, but we both know that it is a prove-it game on both sides of the line for both of the two teams. How about Mike White? Is he the next coming of Joe Namath, as some of my Jet fan buddies are trying to tell me after last week's performance? The Viking defense isn't all that good. He should be able to put numbers up again this week. That's a matchup of two teams that would be in the playoffs if it were to uh, start today. Uh, What kind of game do you think Mike White's going to have in Minnesota on Sunday? Yeah, this should be a fun game. And look, this is Mike White definitely looked like the next coming of Joe Namath, but... He was facing the Bears. So, you know, it's hard to take a lot away from that because a lot of quarterbacks have diced up the Bears this season. You know, so that doesn't mean Mike White's going to be a 10-time Pro Bowl or 12-time All-Pro and lead the Jets <laughs> to three Super Bowls. It means he diced up the Bears. You know, I'm not going to read too much into that. But if he goes into there and they score 31 points against the Vikings, even though the Vikings defense, you know, has struggled a little bit, that's impressive. Or if he does it the following week against the Bills, that's impressive. So he's got this two-game swing right here that's very important for the Jets. And if Mike White 
plays well, then I am sold on Mike White. I'll buy the Mike White jerseys. I will make the Joe Namath comparisons. Uh, you know, but I need to see how he does against good competition. As do I. Not not ready to go there just yet. And that's ticked off some of my fellow Jeff. Jody, how can you? It's one game. It was a very good game, but it's one game. He puts them back to back. He starts to stack them. I'll give him a little bit more credit. All right, coming down the home stretch, we talked about tanking at the bottom end, top end, jockeying for position. The Eagles have the best record in the NFC right now, the Chiefs in the AFC. How important is home field advantage going to be in the playoffs this year? Well, I think that the one seed changes everything with the 14-team format because only one team gets a bye. And so getting that one bye, I think, is absolutely huge. You know, there is the argument to be made that, hey, the bye doesn't matter because it's all about getting hot at the right time. We saw that with uh, the Bengals getting to the playoffs last year as not a one seed. They came out of the four spot and made it. But then the flip side of that is that you do see one seeds get to the playoffs. I mean, we saw are the Super Bowl. We saw that with the Chiefs uh, a couple years ago, I think in, in 2020. So it, it, it is helpful to be the one seed, but it's not the end-all, be-all. So if my team doesn't get the one seed, it's not like I'm going to think, oh, we can't make the Super Bowl. It's helpful, and I think it's especially helpful to a team like the Buffalo Bills because no one wants to play in Buffalo in January. So I would say it means the most to them uh, out of any of the teams that are kind of fighting for these number one seeds. Should be interesting. It's going to be fun. That's for damn sure. And the last thing I want to ask you about, I think you wrote about this a day or two ago, um, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He gets hurt in the game against the Eagles, busted up ribs, playing with the broken thumb. Jordan Love comes in and actually moves the ball. Keeps them in the game, doesn't get them over the top. Eagles eventually win, but uh, look pretty good against that Eagle defense. How the last couple of games going to play out? Will Aaron Rodgers just step aside? Or are they going to create an injury to get Jordan Love in? Aaron says he's playing this weekend against the Bears. How, how are the last couple of weeks in a season that's going to go by the wayside for the Packers? Sorry, Packer fans, you've been spoiled for, what, two and a half decades? From Favre <laughs> into Aaron Rodgers, suck it up. One year you don't make the playoffs. Um, but how is the quarterback position going to go in Green Bay? Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been so salty for so long about the Jordan Love pick. And to hear him kind of this week for the first time ever say, uh, you know, like I understand that Jordan Love might have to play this season. It, that was the most reasonable thing he's ever said uh, it, publicly about the situation. Okay, I do understand that we're going to have to have a conversation about possibly sending me to the bench. And I think for Rodgers, look, he's dealing with multiple injuries. I think he's looking at the schedule. He sees the Chicago Bears. He's thinking, I own the Bears. I can beat the Bears with two injuries. I'm going to play against the Bears. Then they have a bye, and I think that's where you put Jordan Love in. So I won't be surprised at all if coming out of that bye, uh, Jordan Love is the starting quarterback. It gives him two weeks of practice, uh, and then Aaron Rodgers can be on ice, fix those injuries, and think about whether or not he wants to come back for 2023. So if I had to bet on it right now, I would say Jordan Love is the starter Monday night against the Rams in week 15. Just nice little sideline narrative. We will be keeping our eyes on. you got to keep your eyes on John Breach on CBSports.com because he gives you great NFL insight every single week. John, thanks for hopping in with us today. Appreciate it. Hey, Jody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.